Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. An apparent agreement at OPEC to curtail production has been responded to in markets around the world, not the least of which because it could mean higher oil prices that could boost inflation. That could help central banks like the Bank of Japan. We're going to be speaking to John Kilda from Again Capital. Yes, we'll be speaking about the price of oil and what happens next. But right now, we know what happens next. We're going to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom. And I thank you very much, Pim Fox. Thank you, Kathleen Hayes. Let us begin with crude oil because we have got oil at a one-month high after OPEC agreed to reduce production for the first time in eight years. Surprising traders, a big shock yesterday. They were expecting members to maintain output. Here's where we stand in terms of crude. West Texas Intermediate up 1.2% right now, up 56 cents. WTI 47.60 a barrel. Brent crude up 6 tenths of 1% higher by 29 cents a barrel, 40 98 right now on Brent. Stocks falling. Banks are retreating amid growing concern that Deutsche Bank's woes will spread to the global financial sector, a topic we were just discussing right here on Bloomberg. Shares of Deutsche Bank, they're down now by 6.9%. A Bloomberg exclusive this morning. Bloomberg Radio and Television sat down with U.S. Treasury Secretary Jack Lew in Mexico City. The U.S.-Mexico relationship is very important. It's important as an economic relationship. It's important as a security relationship. In the region, the U.S. relationship with the Western Hemisphere for our entire history has been central to our sense of uh, our you know, security interests and our economic interests. Well, more positive news on employment. Uh, the Labor Department said jobless claims did rise last week by 3,000 to 254,000, but estimates were for an advance up to 260,000. Gold up 230 the ounce to 1321, a gain there of two-tenths of one percent. The 10-year up 5.30 seconds with a yield of 1.55%. Costco reports after the closing bell. Costco shares trading lower now by 1.2%. Again, recapping equities lower. 28 minutes to go ahead of the close. The S&P down 15, a drop of 7 tenths of 1%. And at uh, right now, 3.32 on Wall Street to look at the other stories. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. A rush hour commuter train traveling at a high rate of speed crashed through a barrier at the busy Hoboken station this morning, killing one person and injuring more than 100 others. That's according to New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who briefed the media along with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo a short time ago. New Jersey Transit employee Michael Larson was about 30 feet away and saw the accident unfold. I observed it coming at a high rate of speed. It went over the bumper block, basically through the air. Traveled about another 40 feet, came to a rest when it went and hit the wall of the uh, waiting room. Luke Pomo was sitting on another train and also saw the crash happen. I looked to the left and I see like um, all these all this metal on the ground and um, pipes burst and water flowing everywhere. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating. India has retaliated for a deadly strike against its soldiers. Bloomberg's Michael Barr has more. India has hit back after an attack on Indian soldiers earlier this month. 
India says it has attacked terrorist camps just across the border in Pakistan. According to India's Director General of Military Operations, heavy casualties were inflicted on militants. It is the biggest military escalation since a standoff in 1999. On September 18th, an attack on an Indian army camp in Kashmir left 18 soldiers dead. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And we're brought to you by the American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. More at ADR.org. Recapping equities lower oil higher S&P down 14, a drop there of 7 tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude up now by 1.3%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Oh, yes. Let's talk about oil and find out about this new agreement. Will it hold? Let's find out more from John Kilduff. He is founding partner again at Capital. John, this OPEC agreement, uh, just explain it to us. Iran doesn't actually have to observe the new caps? Well, the, the devil is in the details, and we haven't necessarily met the devil yet. Um, because we won't know the quota table until they get together on November 30th. So there are stories swirling that there'll be exemptions for Iran, uh, Nigeria, and Libya because of the outages they've suffered and because of Iran's sanctions uh, uh, regime that they're just getting out of. So um, it looks like the Saudis are going to have to bear almost fully the production cut. We don't know if they're going to be up for that. And uh, also, too, before they announce their table of, of production limits, uh, they're looking to reach out to non-OPEC producers such as Russia. And Russia has just been going uh, like gangbusters, increasing their production. There was a great story on the Bloomberg. You guys have been covering this extremely well. Just last month, they raised production 400,000 barrels month on month. So there's a lot of work to be done here. Of course, it was Saudi Arabia a couple of years ago adopted a policy of just, you know, helping to flood the world with oil. You know, push the price low enough, you'll you'll push out a lot of the marginal producers. You know, shell producers in the United States, for example, that worked to an extent but not fully. And, of course, some might say it, you know, was a – they shot themselves in their own foot. Uh, do you know anything about the, the inner conversations? What's what's the chatter in in the energy market among oil experts like you about – what Saudi Arabia is thinking now? This is a big mistake. It's gone far enough. What 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 do you think? This is uh, the strength of the argument. This is totally blown up in their face. Um, and um, Iran is emerging from this as the strongest player uh, in OPEC. Uh, the Saudi financial position has deteriorated uh, very rapidly. They're having to go to market to to raise debt and to, to IPO the Saudi Aramco crown jewel. And they're, they're not paying suppliers. They're, they're not giving out raises. They're not giving out bonuses. Uh, they, they've hit the end of the road much more quickly than I think they realized. And I also don't think they'd be sitting here two and a half years later when they embarked on this. I think they thought they were going to be able to wash out the U.S. shale industry much more effectively and also break the back of others uh, within OPEC. So this has gone really off the rails for them. It's an embarrassment, really. And, uh, and that the position that Iran is in is quite interesting because, because of the way they hunker down to ride out the sanctions regime, set them up beautifully for these tough times. So their economy is actually growing 4% while all the other oil-based economies are in significant contraction.
So, John Kildoff, I want to try to understand what's going on behind the scenes here. Iran will pump more oil, and then they'll spend some of that money to back the Bashar al-Assad regime in Syria, while the Saudis will pump their oil, and they will continue to use that money to support the rebels who are fighting the Bashar al-Assad regime, and Russia will continue to pump oil and spend that money fighting the rebels on behalf of the Bashar al-Assad regime. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. To the extent you see Russia on the same side of this, uh, you're not going to get any really hard agreement. In a way, now, Iran has turned the table on the Saudis in that they're able to keep the price low, still make money, still cover their budget. Uh, same with the Russians. The Russians are now budgeting for $45 oil, uh, so they too can, can ride this out. And it's the Saudis who, who cannot ride this out, who need a higher price to really uh, keep things together and to fund their side of that fight. So they're going to have the least resources, the Saudis, to help with the rebels. And so I think that's why you're seeing a very well-timed ratcheting up, unfortunately, of the uh, bombing of Aleppo and, and other parts of Syria. So what is your forecast for the price of oil now? Where is it going? Well, I think it's, it's still going to go lower. I think what you've seen here is, uh, is a short covering rally. I think a lot of folks have gotten you know, scared out because of they at least came to an agreement, OPEC that is. Uh, but it's short-lived. The fact that we didn't get over $48 a barrel today uh, sets us up for another technical failure here. So prices should trend down. I think we go below 40 before we go anywhere else. I don't see the market coming into balance until late next year, uh, particularly with the increased production that we're going to get. From, from the several countries we mentioned, Russia, Libya, Nigeria, and even Iraq and Iran, for that matter. By the way, the, the Iraqis are screaming over the deal. They're very upset about it because it looks like they're supposed to take a big hit on their recent uh, production hike as well. John, just quickly, give you about 30 seconds. Tell us about the importance and the change that having the U.S. as a swing oil producer makes to the market. Well, I know there's a big debate as to whether or not we are or can be energy independent. Uh, we're certainly an energy player. Uh, I, I, you know, this has uh, been a miracle, uh, and the technology and advancements keep coming. They keep they, the, the, the frackers, the shale players, keep reducing their costs of drilling. They are back in the game, and uh, I think it's, it's it's an amazing story that's going to that continues to help prop up our economy. John Kilduff, thank you so very much for joining us today. Founding partner of Again Capital. Yes, there seems to be some kind of deal led by Saudi Arabia in OPEC to cut back on production. But John says prices are going to keep falling anyway. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we're going to hear from Peter Cheer, Breen Capital, find out about winning and losing trades. We'll also talk about Deutsche Bank. The shares are down 6.5%. This is Bloomberg.